introduction. Welcome to Episode Epiphanies, a podcast where two people with very different tastes in TV shows make each other watch the pilot episodes of their favorite shows in an attempt to get the other person to have an epiphany about that show and genre. My name is Natasha, and I pretty much only watch cartoon shows. My name is Jessica, and I pretty much only watch live-action dramas. And this week, we watched the pilot episode of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, which... In the end of the previous episode, I may have just said Fullmetal Alchemist. I don't remember. (laughs) But we did specifically watch Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood, which is a separate thing, which we will get into at some point in this episode, what the difference between (laughs) Fullmetal Alchemist, the original 2003 anime, and Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood. If you know anything about Fullmetal Alchemist, you probably know. But anyways, that is what we watched. (laughs) It is. Did you know anything about Fullmetal Alchemist before... I made you watch this? Not really. I knew... Okay, maybe I knew a bit. I knew <laughs> there was a blonde kid, and I knew sure. he had a suit of armor, who's his brother, mm-hmm. and that it was kind of about children serving in the military. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And alchemy, and magic, and stuff. Uh-huh. That's what I knew. <laughs> That's good. I also... Before you go into your thing, I, I need to... I need to make a confession. Okay. I have never seen this pilot before. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Okay. I have read the Fullmetal Alchemist manga several times. I love it. And I have watched bits and pieces of both the original Fullmetal Alchemist anime and the Brotherhood anime. But I've never sat down and watched the whole thing because I've read it and it's pretty similar to the manga. But I was like... I'm pretty sure I've seen the pilot before, but I don't think I have because it was not familiar. (laughs) Okay. The beginning of this anime, I'll just explain the thing now. So there's a manga and in 2003, they started making an anime based on the manga, which was the first anime, but then the anime got caught up to where the manga was and the manga wasn't finished yet. So they, the people making the anime basically just made up the rest of the story and, and the rest of the anime is just a completely different story from the manga because it was no longer based on the manga because the anime was coming out more quickly. So the beginning of the 2003 anime is the same as the beginning of the manga, but then partway through it just goes off on a completely different tangent and it's a totally different story. And then in 2009, after the manga ended or was like close to being over, they made a new anime that did follow the story of the manga, but because they had already made the beginning of the manga in the first anime, I guess they didn't want to just, like, redo pretty much the same episodes. So this anime, the 2009 one, Brotherhood, starts at a different point than the manga does. I don't quite know, because I haven't watched all of it, uh, if they just sort of skip the beginning of the manga, or they kind of, like, work it in to the early episodes, but, like, definitely this first pilot episode is sort of a crash course of, like, here's a bunch of characters, here's kind of the plot, okay, let's get going, but it's not directly like, the same as the beginning of the manga. So, that was fun for me. I got to see a new thing I hadn't seen before. (laughs) I'm glad you got to see a brand new thing. (laughs) So, anything I say about Fullmetal Alchemist in this episode will be pretty much based on the manga, which is more or less the same as the Brotherhood anime, but if I I get any details wrong, it's because I'm more familiar with the manga (laughs) than the show. Fair enough, fair enough. Yes, and I'm not super familiar with the 2003 show, so we won't really be talking about that, because I don't fully know what happens in that. I've only watched a little bit of that one. That's that's my little uh, disclaimer. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and, it, and I have some thoughts about this pilot and how I like uh-huh. it or not. So, okay. yeah, I'm excited to hear your thoughts. <laughs> my thoughts? Okay, should I just jump right into what happens? Yeah, I think so. I'm, I'm very curious to see what you thought, what you think of it. So, it starts. Mm-hmm. And... Okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry. This start was so bad that I literally thought I was watching a bad link. That's hilarious. And also, I do need to ask, did you watch the sub or the dub? I watched what you sent me, which was the dub. Oh, okay. I think when I sent you, like, you had the option to click, but whatever, it was on by default, I guess. Okay, so the dub. Interesting. I watched the sub. Okay. The dub is truly fucking terrible. (laughs) That's also very funny, because 
Fullmetal Alchemist specifically is known for having a good dub. Like, that's like a thing people say that like, oh, the Fullmetal Alchemist dub is pretty good. I watched the sub, but then I did watch like a little bit of the dub too, being like, oh, I heard it's really good. And I was like, I feel like it's not that good. No. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, I feel like maybe, maybe the dub is worse than the sub. But I don't know. A lot of people like the dub, so... <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I'm going to try to describe the part that starts before the title sequence, but it's so weirdly disjointed that it's hard to describe. Because they show you this guy who's the freezing alchemist, and he's drawing some chalk, and then all of a sudden the military is talking about them. And the shot that they're doing when they're in the military office is so weird because it's like this wall and this giant door and this (laughs) tiny fucking man who takes up like two inches of the screen and they just stay on that shot. And I'm like, who the fuck drew this? Because it's terrible. And then they say something about like the Full Metal Alchemist is here to help. And we smash cut to Ed talking to Al, who's his suit of armor brother. And the thing is, if through cultural osmosis, I didn't already know that Ed was the full metal alchemist, mm-hmm. I don't think that cut would have worked. Something about how it was timed, I found it confusing. Okay. I don't know if you're necessarily supposed to know yet that he's the full metal alchemist, but... But I feel like any other show, if they do a cut where, like, the last person the person said is, like, this person is here to help, and then you cut to that person, the audience should know that. (laughs) I'm not going to defend this pilot. They made some choices. (laughs) It's very odd. The whole thing is odd. They even, like, only spend, like, two seconds on the freezing alchemist drawing this chalk, and it's not really clear that he's evil or has escaped from that shot until you go to the military. I just thought the whole, like, start was very odd. That's fair. Like, I literally thought that the link I was on was, like, bad and they had (laughs) cut it wrong. (laughs) It felt so weird. Okay, and then we have this title sequence and it's, like, half the episode. (laughs) That's just how animes are. Animes have long (laughs) title and outro sequences. That's the thing. It, it was fine. It was good music. It was just incredibly long. Mm-hmm. That's anime, baby. Okay, so then we see the freezing alchemist, and he's running away from some cops, and he's killing them with his cool, awesome freezing powers. Mm-hmm. And water. It's kind of water, but he freezes it. Yeah. Yeah. And then the full metal alchemist appears, and it's Ed, and he... I don't know, he does something. He does some sort of magic thing. Alchemy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then the freezing alchemist, and this is why the dub is bad, the freezing alchemist sees this, and then he just goes, that's alchemy. And I was like, what? What the fuck are you talking about? Who wrote this? It's just very bad. So anyways, I hope that's a better line in Japanese. I don't remember what he said in Japanese. Probably something similar. Very bad. Oh, actually, no! That was the part <laughs> in the dub, or in the sub, I don't know what in the dub. That's, I think that's the part where he's, he's, like, using his, his water alchemy, and he, like, does, like, ice alchemy on one guy and water alchemy on the other, and he's like, mm, yes, freezing and boiling, these are both properties of water. <laughs> and then, like, Ed shows up. That happens in the dub, too. Okay. Yeah, I was like, what are these lines? No, there's a part where Ed, like, does something, and then he's like, that's alchemy. And I'm like, why would you say that in the middle of a fight? I don't know, I guess he's surprised that this kid is doing alchemy? I guess. And then Ed's there, and he's like, alchemy doesn't justify murder, and he can transmute without a circle, and the freezing alchemist thinks this is really fucking cool. So then the freezing alchemist realizes that Ed is the full metal alchemist, and he says this out loud in a way that makes me think the worst writers in the entire world were charged with writing this. Oh, these poor dub writers. I'm sure they were trying. (laughs) It's so stiff, and it's so awkward. It's like, why are you talking? (laughs) Man, we get this weird, like, drawn animation, which I genuinely thought for a second was going to be, like, a different thing. Like, we had changed scenes. Mm -hmm. No, the animation just changed for a second. What? 
There is this part where they look like they're just like drawn as stick figures. Well, the freezing alchemist is talking about how he's like, how did you not see this? It's so weird. Wait, I don't remember this. What? What is he talking about? When he's doing the thing where he's like, wait, you're the full metal alchemist and not this giant suit of armor that's fully metal? Oh, okay. Yes. This is just, yeah, that's just like an anime. I, I know what you're talking about. It's very much an anime trope for, like, sometimes the style to go into, like, a simplified style when there's, like, f- like funny moments or, like, characters reacting. I know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's just an anime trope. It happens in a lot of animes. Okay, fine. Anyways. So yeah. they make the joke about the fact that Al isn't the full metal alchemist despite the fact that he's fully metal. The thing about this joke is, before I saw this show, I thought this was funny, that it was, like, actually funny that there's a guy who's fully metal and the other guy's the full metal alchemist, and then they make this joke approximately 30,000 times in the pilot episode, and it made me want to die. Look, I had not seen this pilot before. (laughs) I am not insulting you. No, I am not disagreeing with you. They make the joke so much. I'm like, shut up. I know. I have a lot of questions about this pilot. (laughs) It's so weird. Okay. And then Ed is offended. Everyone thinks he's short. They also make that joke like five times. So many times. (laughs) Like, that's like a running gag in the series. But you can't do a running gag five times in the same episode. (laughs) Oh, yeah. If it was like once every episode, that would be fine. It's like... Every joke in this show, like, alternates between this suit of armor isn't the full metal alchemist and Ed is short for 24 minutes. It really feels like they wrote, like, five or six episodes and they were told by the studio, you have to condense that into one episode. And they were like, okay, we're going to keep all the most questionable, questionably (laughs) good things. And, like, I don't know, man. I don't know what this is. That is kind of what it feels like. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of what happened. They were like, no, you need to condense this intro because people already know because they watched the old anime. Yeah, I guess. I don't know, man. Anyways, they're fighting. Freezing Alchemist does a magic smoke bomb trick. He's like a little magician guy and he's gone. (laughs) That's what happens. Yeah, no, you're right. So Ed then is getting a lecture from the military about, like, actually reading the briefs they give him, which, fair enough. And we learn that the Freezing Alchemist was a former military alchemist, and now he's gone evil. And their logic for this is, like, pretty paper thin. Like, yes, he is evil, and we know this from context, but the military is just kind of like, yeah, so he served out his tour, he gave us no reason to think that he did anything bad, and then he was just gone, and we never heard from him again, so he's evil. I assume they do have evidence, but they don't tell you the evidence. I mean, I think the, yeah, I think what they're saying, I think their evidence is that he has killed people. (laughs) Yeah, but they don't actually tell you that. You have seen him kill military people. I feel like it's pretty obvious now. that they know that he killed military people. <laughs> Fine. We see it happen on screen and they know he's out. No, I just don't like the military. Well, I don't think you're supposed to like the military. <laughs> Ed doesn't want to kill anyone from the military. The military's like, that's fine. A uh, military dude makes a dickhead comment about making their bodies normal again, which just feels very ableist. There's another guy who comes up. He's very peppy. Uh, I think his name is Hughes. Yep. His name is Maze Hughes. Maze Hughes. He also gets who is the alchemist wrong because, again, that's this entire episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> He's there on official business to take them to his house so they have a place to stay. And he's just kind of a cute little dad. I really yeah. enjoyed him. He was very nice. He was great. He's just like, come home for my wife and my daughter and he hugs his daughter and he's very cute. Mm-hmm. And then they have dinner and I assume kind of the only important part of this dinner is that they reveal Al can't take off his armor. Again, the shots of this animation are wild because there are several points where multiple other people are talking and you're just looking at Hughes chewing his food. Like, he's not even reacting in an interesting way. He's just eating. That's fair. (laughs) It was very odd. Yeah, that whole... I don't know, man. Okay, and then the freezing alchemist... This is where I got really confused, by the Mm -hmm. way. 
So the freezing alchemist has gotten a military outfit and he's like in the jail mm-hmm. to talk to another alchemist who I forget what his thing is. His name is Kimberly. He's the Crimson Alchemist. The Crimson Alchemist. I knew it was something mm-hmm. red. Yeah. Tries to convince the Crimson Alchemist to come work for him. And that guy's like, nah, I'm not here for honor and revenge. I'm just a fucking psycho, so I'm not going to help you. Which, to be fair, I was also very confused in this scene about how the freezing alchemist got here, how he got the uniform, like everything. I was like, did I miss something? I assume when he did his magic smoke bomb trick, he also Mm -hmm. stole the clothes off of one of the military guys. I guess. And keys and left. I guess. I don't know. know. You you see that he, like, freezes the guard, so, like, maybe they're just implying that he just killed a bunch of guards to get in there, but if so, that is not very high security if he got in that easily. Also, if you're just gonna kill all the guards, why did you dress up like one? Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, it's a weird scene. Mm -hmm. It's just... Yeah, anyways, you would think if you're just a psycho and you just want to cause destruction, you'd be happy to help anyone else cause their destruction, no matter what their motives are, but apparently not. Mm -hmm. So then we have Hughes and his wife chilling at night, and they're kind of having a little talk about how rough it is to be a state alchemist, and they're very worried that Ed is just kind of too young for this, which, fair enough. And then we have Ed and Al chatting about food in their bedrooms and how they want their old bodies back. And there's this weird pop-up style animation going on where they just show you, like, the quiche they ate in, like, a little (laughs) speech bubble. And then they show you, like, the notebook Al's writing in in a little speech bubble. Is this an anime thing? Yeah, kind of. Okay. It felt felt very Dora the Explorer. (laughs) I feel like it's just meant to show, like, what what Al's thinking about. I don't know. It it felt like it was a kid's show and it was going, this is what a notebook is. (laughs) (laughs) This is what a quiche is. Yeah, you need to know, you know? Maybe people watching this don't know what a a notebook is. (laughs) You know, probably. Also, at this point, I decided that I was going to live in an alternate reality where the reason Ed was so constantly mad at people calling him short was because his real body wasn't just, like, a body where he has his full arm back and instead was a body that was much, much taller. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's not true, but... I mean, that's not exactly true, but kind there's like a thing. This isn't really a spoiler. Cause he he lost his arm and leg when he was quite young. Yeah. It was many years ago. And uh there's like because of reasons, he hasn't grown as much as he should have for his age mm-hmm. because of like stuff that happened. So like he didn't have a taller body, but he maybe would have gotten taller for his age if this hadn't happened. <laughs> It'd be funnier to me though if he was like put into a smaller body. <laughs> That would be very funny. He was just like actually, feet tall. he's a forty-two-year-old man, and when he fucked up this transmutation, he got put in the body of a ten-year-old as punishment. That would suck. <laughs> that would be a very funny show, though. Mm-hmm. Anyways, the freezing alchemist continues to make his cute little circles on the ground, mm-hmm. and is like, "One more, and I'll be ready to do my evil plan." Mwahaha. For a second, I was confused that he was drawing multiple circles, and for some reason thought he was slowly adding lines to the same circle, and I was like, why don't you just fucking finish it, my dude? But that was me being stupid. I mean, I also didn't realize at first that he was making multiple circles. I thought he kept just going back to the same circle, and I was like, why does he need this circle so badly? (laughs) Right? It was like, what's happening? Okay, anyways, some chalk drawings are going on. The military dude uh, starts giving everyone orders to shoot the freezing alchemist on sight if they see him. And then he's like, but if I find him first, he's mine. And I'm like, if your orders are to shoot on sight and you see him first, then (laughs) yes, he is yours. Like, that's not a different order. I wonder, either I missed that line or the line is different in Japanese, because I don't remember that. But I also might have missed it. I don't know. It might straight up be different in Japanese, because I was like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. (laughs) So then they're all fighting. The freezing alchemist is confronted by the strong arm alchemist. (laughs) His name is Armstrong. Yeah. 
He has this huge mustache to the point where it took me a while to figure out that, yes, his mouth is moving when he's talking. (laughs) But anyways, they have this power, and his power seems to be making multiple fists. I don't understand. His power is he could, like, do alchemy while he punches things, but, like... Also, he made some little missiles shaped like his head, and I was like, I don't remember that. I, the fact that when they make magic objects, they have their faces on it is very weird. That is also, a, like, kind of just a gag that, like, maybe comes up sometimes in the manga. or the. But I feel like it's more like a joke. But in this, it kind of made it seem like that was just a thing that people did. Yeah, it just kind of made it seem like that was the way the magic worked. And I was like, yeah. that's so fucking disturbing. That's not, it's not, that's not an element of <laughs> They all have, like, a flair to how they do their alchemy, but it's not usually involving their own faces. <laughs> it's not usually if I do alchemy, my own face appears on something. Not usually. That's wild. Anyways, then we're on a roof. I don't know how we got to a roof, but we're on a roof. And... Sure. We are. I don't know. No, I believe you. I'm just trying to remember. I'm like, yeah, when did they get on a roof? Why? I don't know. Rule of cool. It's cool to be on a roof. Yeah. So the freezing alchemist is there, and I want to say the other dude is the military guy, but they also just call him the flame alchemist, so I'm yes. not sure. Okay. The, 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 the guy you keep calling the military guy, his name is Colonel Roy Mustang, also known as the flame alchemist. Cool. Yeah, he's an important character. That's who he is. Okay. But you can just keep calling him the military guy. That's what he is. Mustang, dude. Yes, Mustang. Horseman. (laughs) Yes. Cool car, dude. Okay, anyways, they fight. The Freezing Alchemist says something lame about how water puts out fire. (laughs) And then he runs away on an ice bridge. Mm -hmm. And then Ed confronts him by his cute little circle. And (laughs) the cute little circle lights up all red and scary. Mm Mm-hmm. And because of this, Ed thinks he has the Philosopher's Stone, which I assume makes sense in-universe, but I was all of a sudden like, the Philosopher's Stone. Yeah, in-universe it makes sense. The Philosopher's Stone is a big plot point. But yeah, they do just kind of throw it out there. (laughs) They're just kind of like, oh my god, he has big glowing red circles. He must have the Philosopher's Stone. And I was like, sure. 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 I guess. Mm Mm-hmm. Like I said, they made some choices with this pilot. <laughs> I'm glad this is, like, specifically the pilot is super fucking weird, because... <laughs> I mean, it wasn't what I expected. <laughs> <laughs> so the Freezing Alchemist and Ed, they yell about the military for a while. Mm-hmm. And then Al kicks the Freezing Alchemist, and for a second there, they're just like, well, he's defeated. I'm like, you kicked him once. <laughs> Okay, fine. Maybe he's very weak. (laughs) I guess. Kickable. And then the Freezing Alchemist goes up in the sky on a big iceberg, because again, being kicked isn't enough to thwart someone with magic powers. And then Armstrong tries to punch his giant ice wall, and he somehow makes it worse, and the big ice wall starts moving through the city, and it's revealed that Freezing Alchemist's plan is to freeze over Central Command, which is like where the military is. So Ed tells Armstrong to go handle the circles, and he'll go after the Freezing Alchemist. And the Freezing Alchemist is just kind of standing on his ice wall, practicing his little villain speech. (laughs) Sure. But that's what he's doing. He's standing there, and he's like, I'm going to destroy the whole military. And it's like, no one can hear you right now. (laughs) That's true. You know? (laughs) Which is actually, honestly, in any other show where, like... The rest of the writing was well enough to support that. I would find that really funny. Like, Mm. the concept of a villain who's, like, about to have their plan done and is just kind of, like, waiting to get there. So he's going over his speech, like, under his breath. That's really funny. Mm -hmm. But this show just doesn't hit it, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to write an entire novel just to get that point and get that joke. (laughs) Do it. I don't know. Anyways, the Freezing Alchemist and Ed fight, and then the Freezing Alchemist decides this is the perfect time to explain why Ed's body is half metal. (laughs) Because he notices that Al has, like, the transmutation thing on his shoulder, so he real- and Al's, like, helmet gets kicked off, so he realizes that he's soul-bonded to the armor, and that this means that Ed committed alchemy's one true sin of human transmutation. It's weird timing. 
Yeah, no, it absolutely is. <laughs> like, we're literally mid-climax, and they're like, let's stop for some exposition. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. And I also just feel like they could have kept that to themselves for, like, another few episodes. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand it's the entire point of the show, but at the same time, it's like, it's a pretty big, like, secret. Yeah, once again, this episode feels like five or six episodes that they mashed together <laughs> to, like, speed run the, all the plot points and characters. Yeah, it's it's kind of fucking wild. So we have the flashback to the transmutation that messed up and Ed uh, bonding Al's body to his body to the armor. <laughs> Not his body. His soul to the armor. Bonding his body to the armor would have just been rude. <laughs> it's just his body stuck in some armor with no soul. So the freezing al- alchemist has kicked off his big ice wall, and Ed goes back, and Ed's like, you have no water anymore. And I'm like, well, his giant fucking freezing ice wall is still right there, but whatever. I think you have to be able to touch the thing you're doing alchemy, too. Okay. Again, not very clear. Yeah, no, no. And he goes, I have all the water I need, 70% of my body. And Ed gives this, like, big shocked Pikachu face. Despite the fact that in the dub, Ed said this exact same line, like, five minutes ago. Uh Uh-huh. Also in the Japanese. (laughs) So why is he surprised? He forgot. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, fucking moron. Okay. And then the freezing alchemist is confronted by a guy with an eye patch, and he's killed. But the guy with the eye patch is also like a weird projection that can't be hit, but he manages to kill the freezing alchemist. He's not a projection. He just is too powerful to have been hit. Like, it's just, it's one of those anime scenes where two people run past each other, and then one of them hit the other, and the other one didn't, and it was in the blink of an eye, so you didn't even see it. Very anime trope. But he's not a project. He is there. <laughs> okay, fair enough. It looks really cool, but I did yeah. think he was like a projection. No, it's just that like classic anime scene of two people running past each other and one of them gets hit. That makes my prediction for what's gonna what happened there way less fun. Oh well, I still want to hear what your thought was. So what I thought was happening because mm-hmm. then they like cut back to the Crimson Alchemist in mm-hmm. his like cell. Mm-hmm. So for a second, I thought the eye patch dude was the Crimson Alchemist who was like mm-hmm. projecting himself out of his cell to like fight the Freezing Alchemist because I guess he decided he <laughs> hates him and he likes the military. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't important. I didn't really want to put logic on this show. That's That's not what it was, but good theory. But then we go back to the military office, and we meet Eyepatch Guy, who's like Mm -hmm. the head of the military or something. Mm -hmm. So then I thought that the head of the military was being controlled by the Crimson Alchemist, Mm. and was secretly evil. Mm. See, which is also (laughs) fun. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We're in the military office, and then we're with Ed and Al, and they're sitting in their little hospital room, and Armstrong brings some roses, and then takes off his shirt, and he says, you need an example of a perfect physical specimen to inspire your recovery. And this is actually the only good part of this show, and it can stay. Like, the entire episode can stay because of this, like, ten-second moment. It's very fucking funny. Armstrong is great. (laughs) Icon. And then we have this cut to this, like, femme fatale lady who is on the phone, and she's kind of sad that the guy failed, and she has this dude there who's in chains who she calls Gluttony, and then she says, it all begins very soon, and the episode ends. I don't think Gluttony's in chains. He's on the floor eating something. (laughs) Yeah. Very red, very scary scene. Oh, Boise. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know. Uh, Yeah, what'd you think? (laughs) Uh, I thought that was awful. (laughs) Okay, here, I will give it the benefit of the doubt that the sub probably would have been slightly less awful. I feel like, yes, the sub probably was a bit better than the dub. At least, 
I also just prefer just subs. I feel like subs in general are better than dubs most of the time. I usually will watch the sub over the dub. It just was what started playing. That's and sometimes fair. That's it's fine. easier to make notes if they're speaking yeah. in English. Mm-hmm. So I'll give it the benefit of the doubt that the dialogue isn't quite as stilted in Japanese. Mm-hmm. But the dub was like actually painful. I was like, what are you saying? Yeah, anime dubs in general, like, some people love them, and I'm like, good for you, but I'm like, they just, the dialogue and the voice acting, most most of the time, is just very awkward and stilted, and just yeah doesn't do it for me. <laughs> but some people like it, I don't know, I feel like it's also, like, a thing you get used to because it's, like, a how the genre is. Yeah. But, the, yeah. the skate dub was fine. I still regularly watch, like, clips of the skate dub when they come up on my YouTube because they're so funny. The skate dub is fun because I feel like they just kind of said whatever. Yeah, they were like, don't make this still so, like, natural. Exactly. They're like, just say whatever random ass shit you want. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna say, yeah, I feel like the sub was probably a bit better. If, if I had been more proactive and mm-hmm. had not waited until about an hour before we recorded to watch this. And I had realized I might have also said you should watch the first episode of the 2003 one and we could compare. (laughs) But we didn't have time. That's fine. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I feel like Natasha is currently giving my review of the show, so I won't say anything. No, go ahead. No, that's that's good. That that fills it in. That nails it. Yeah, it's really interesting to me that this anime is so successful. If this was the pilot, <laughs> like okay, I love Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah. Like the mangas are some of my favorite mangas ever. I think it's an incredible story. And from what I remember, from what I've watched of the anime, I thought it was like pretty good and pretty similar to the manga. But I'm like. Either I am misremembering <laughs> the quality of the anime, or this pilot just isn't it, and then it gets better, which I think is the case. I really feel like they were just trying to, like, jam-pack every important character introduction, every important plot point, every running gag into one 30-minute episode so they could just, like, be like, okay, that's everything you need to know. You're all caught up on all the stuff from the beginning, now we can, like, continue the plot that didn't get continued in 2003 anime. Because that was... It's not... You know? (laughs) I feel like... Yeah. I also was wondering, and you kind of covered this in your summary, like, was it confusing how many characters they introduced and who everybody was? I genuinely knew Ed, Al, Armstrong, Hughes... Freezing Alchemist, who I kind of... I'm not even sure if he's important. I just kind of thought he was Villain of the Week. He is. He's not from the manga at all. Cool. (laughs) And then I knew Military Dude was important. I just didn't catch his name. And everyone else, I was like, some person, they're there. It's fine. I assume the Crimson Alchemist is important because if he's not, the way they framed him is insane. They introduce... So many important characters in this episode, which, like, again, like, I get it, they're trying to, like, crash course it, but, like, in the manga and, like, I assume in, like, the early 2003 anime, the introduction of, like, almost every single character you meet in this episode is so spread out. Like, you would maybe meet mm-hmm. one of these people per episode. Like, the the beginning of the manga, which is also the first episode of the 2003 anime, I think of all the characters you meet in this episode... The only ones you meet in the first episode is Ed, Al, and you maybe very briefly see Lust and Gluttony, who are the two people from the very end. And I don't, I'm pretty sure you don't meet any of the other characters right away. Like it, which like, I guess this is good for us to talk about what you think happens next, because you have a lot of material to work with, which you wouldn't have otherwise. But I feel like it makes it very overwhelming and confusing. Is this? Okay, because you just said lust and gluttony. Is this the anime where, like, greed is one of the people and they, Mm -hmm. like, are, I want to say, like, bonded or combined with someone else? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. See, I know Mm -hmm. things about this story. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a yeah. That's, there's a whole thing about the there's a bunch of, there's seven characters named after the seven sins, and it's a whole thing. Okay, so that happens. Uh, uh-huh. That's that's a prediction. Lust mm-hmm. is uh, trying to do something. Uh huh. It's funny to me that Lust is on the phone with whoever. I feel like we know who she's on the phone with, don't we? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think they show who she's on the phone with. Okay. It's funny to me if Lust's plan was the freezing alchemist, because then she thought the freezing alchemist was going to seduce someone, which he doesn't try to do. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not that at all. I think that should be her job. I think she should run around trying to make people seduce people. For fun. That would be good. That would be very good. It's so hard to make predictions about the show because, like, yes, I have a lot of information to go on, but, like, I'm not sure we've, like, accurately explained how much of this episode is the two running jokes of, oh, wait, you're the full <laughs> metal alchemist, and, oh, wait, you're short. Like, it is a significant amount of the show. I also feel like this episode did a good job of introducing a lot of important characters and important plot points, but in a way that there's no way you could understand what the actual plot of the show is. Oh, yeah, (laughs) for sure. I feel like the act, the 2003 pilot slash manga, like, yes, you meet way less of the characters and, and get a little bit less of the plot, but I feel like it introduces the, like, vibe and theme and, like, sense of the show better. Yeah. Like, I guess it's about, I'm assuming there is at least a thematic through line of how having children in the military is bad. Uh-huh. And it's some sort of struggle with the fact that, yes, there is some, like, big evil plotline going on the way there would be in, like, a high fantasy novel, but mm-hmm. also the fact that... Ed is supposed to be your hero, but the military isn't necessarily the good guy either. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't tell you what the big overarching plotline is, other than it has something to do with the Seven Sins, and presumably alchemy and the Philosopher's Stone. Or is the Philosopher's Stone a completely separate plot point that's just like, Ed wants the Philosopher's Stone because then he might be able to put Al back in his body? I mean, it is all interconnected, but yeah, like, the main plot of the show, which again, this episode didn't do a good job of introducing, but the original pilot does, is that Ed and Al did Forbidden Alchemy. Mm-hmm. Al lost his body, Ed lost two of his limbs. You also don't see that in this episode, but he also lost his leg. You get the shot of him in the flashback, you see that he's doesn't have the leg, but you only right. see his metal arm. Well, their whole thing is they're like, we want to get our bodies back, but it's like fairly heavily implied that like, Ed really wants to help Al get his body back because being a soul in a suit of armor freaking sucks. Yeah. And, like, I'm sure Ed would be like, it would be great to have my arm and leg back, but, like, the the one who really needs it is is Al. And so their, their personal quest is to try to do that, and they know that there's something called the Philosopher's Stone, which basically, like, lets you do very, very powerful alchemy that wouldn't otherwise be possible. And so they're trying to find a Philosopher's Stone to, like, fix the mistakes they've made. Fair enough. That's, like, the main plotline. And then there's, like, a whole overarching thing about the military and this, like, genocidal war that happened in the last few decades and the after effects of that. And then these uh, homunculi who are, like, alchemically created people who were the sins and like who created them and and what does it mean to create life and all of this stuff but like the through line is like at an hour like we need to get a stone to get our bodies back because we were kids and we did a stupid thing and we just want to like fix our mistakes and it's like a very like well-structured like here's the main through line and then here's everything else that's going on in the world but i feel like you don't get that from this episode i feel like this episode almost does more here's everything going on in the world and let's mm-hmm. hint at what the main plot line will be mm-hmm. which is an odd choice also you said they were kids when they did it but they're still pretty young now like how long is al supposed to have been in this suit of armor um, I don't remember exactly, but I know that in the current time, I think they're 15 and 14. 
And I think when they did the human transmutation, they were like 10 and 9 or something like that. So it's been about five years. I might be slightly off, but like about that. Which like is a pretty long time, especially when you're that young. And especially when you're a suit of armor. Yeah. Where you can't eat, you can't sleep, you don't have a body. As the story goes on, you see more and more how freaking terrible Al's life is. I was going to say I'd get so much done if I couldn't eat or sleep, but like, I love to eat. He also has, like, a whole crisis later on about, like, how do I know that I even exist? What proof do I have that I'm not just, like, an alchemical construct that my brother created and just lied to me and told me that I am real and has, like, a whole, like, questioning his, like, existence and, like... That's just reminding me of Matthew from The Raven Cycle. Yeah. That poor boy. Raven Cycle's a good book. Well, I think I know the answer, but based on this pilot, would you watch more of it? No. To be fair, I think based on this pilot, I wouldn't watch more of it. (laughs) Based on you talking about this story, I might be convinced to read the manga, Mm -hmm. but I would not watch this show. Yeah, I am curious at what point the anime starts to pick up more from the manga and if it gets... I think it must get as good as the manga because it's so popular. Yeah. But I don't think this pilot was it. (laughs) No. (laughs) It did not capture the vibe. It's so weird because we often say, I even often say that, like, the pilot of the show isn't the best episode of the show, Mm -hmm. but... When I say that, I feel like I'm just talking about a weak pilot. When you're saying Mm -hmm. it about this show, I'm like, this pilot feels like they rolled a dice (laughs) to write it. Like, I genuinely don't understand what's going on in parts of it. Same! (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's so weird. They just, like, cut to things and you're like, wait, what's happening? I know. I was like... I was like, I know I haven't watched all of this show. I'm pretty sure I've seen the pilot, but even if I haven't... And, like, I knew that they kind of, like, skipped some of the beginning of the manga. Mm. Like, I I heard that already. But I still expected it to be a good pilot. Like, it's so popular. Like, you see things from it all the time. Like, it's the version of the anime that, like, I know, and I Mm. don't know anything about animes. And it's like, what? Why is this the pilot? (laughs) And, like, even though the 2003 one exists, I feel like more people watch this one because this is the one that, like, is known for being really good and being based on the manga. And I'm sure some people maybe watch the 2003 one first, but definitely not everybody, which means there's a lot of people who start it and watch this pilot and just go, like, yeah, I want to keep watching. And I'm like, really? (laughs) Okay, like, you do you. I guess. And, like, I do think, I do think some of the stuff that probably didn't work for you is just kind of, like, very anime tropes. There were parts of this that I was like, yeah, it's kind of silly or kind of cringy, but it's kind of just an anime trope and I can accept it. And, like, I think if I, like, had heard that, like, Fullmetal Alchemist is really good and I watched this, I would probably be like, it wasn't a great pilot, but I'll keep watching because, like, I, yeah. I know it's it might get better, but, like, yeah, I don't think it was a good pilot and I'm sorry <laughs> if there's people who really like this pilot. <laughs> if you really like this pilot, please give us literally yeah. any reason why. Yeah. I mean, like, I think, yeah, like, there was a few parts of it that were good, and they're definitely introducing stuff for the story later, but... Also, like, the beginning of the manga is so good. (laughs) Like, it's less related to the main plot. It's kind of like a little mini-arc that's not super related to the rest of the plot, but it's so, like, vibes-heavy, and it's really, like, kind of sad, and it's, like, the, the just Ed and Al going to this small town, and they, like, meet this priest, and it's just, like, weird, and... It's, I really like the first arc, and I'm like, this is so different from this. <laughs> but you can still try to guess my favorite character. Is it, I want to say Ed. I think it is Ed. Although, when I read it for the first time, Ed was definitely my favorite. When I reread it more recently, I was kind of on the fence between Ed or Al being my favorite. I really like Al as well, but it's definitely one of those two. Also, in the dub... Al's voice is so high-pitched. Al's voice is also really high-pitched in the sub. Okay. And I'm like, he's like 13 or 14. I feel like his voice is more high-pitched than it... Although it might be the implication that, like, his voice hasn't deepened since he got put in the armor. I guess. And so he would have been, like, nine. And, like, that could be a nine-year-old's voice. Sure. I mean, it... I don't know. It sounds like a six-year-old girl. But it could be a nine-year-old boy. 
I'll yeah. give you that. Yeah. It's just funny, though, that people don't comment on how young he sounds. Yeah, people are just like, yep, dude in a suit of armor probably takes that off, and it's big, beefy dude that sounds yeah. like a small kitten. Yep. It's easier to buy in the- because in the manga, a lot of the time people do think he's, like, fully an adult, seven-foot-tall mm-hmm. man, and in the manga, it's like, yeah, maybe he kind of has a deep voice, but in the anime, he really doesn't, <laughs> and no one questions it. They're just good people, okay? Don't want to make fun of his voice. That's that's nice. They're very accepting of his very <laughs> young-sounding voice. I have two ships that I really like in this. Well, I have three, but one is characters you absolutely have not met yet, uh, so you have no chance of guessing. But then there's two that you could kind of maybe guess from this pilot. Okay, two things I can guess. Because I'm pulling from things I know you've said to me about this. Are we talking about things that would be okay in this canon, or are we talking about things that, like, would have to be an AU? These are both canon ships. Okay. The two I'm thinking of. Okay. I think it's... Okay, I literally have nothing, but is it a horse boy and the random blonde girl he talks to? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I was like, he never mentioned her. And I was like, to be fair, she doesn't do very much in this episode. But I was like, I don't even know if Jesse's even going to remember that she was around. She's a very important character. She's just kind of there being blonde in this episode, though. Yeah, her name is Riza. And she's, like, also part of the military with Roy. And she's also a very important, very cool character. But yeah, she doesn't do very much in this episode. But that's probably, like, one. it's one of the best ships in this anime. It's so good. There's a moment, I feel like you've probably seen this on Tumblr, but maybe just, like, didn't really notice it or or remember it, but there's a a point towards the end, like, near the finale, where um, there's a character who can, like, shapeshift into different people, and it's Roy and Riza are, like, in this, like, underground tunnel alone, and the shapeshifter becomes Roy, and he's alone with Riza, and then he calls Riza lieutenant, because she's the lieutenant, and Riza says, I'm trying to remember, I hope I get this right, but I think what it is, is she says, like, the colonel doesn't call me lieutenant when we're alone, he calls me Riza, and the shapeshifter's like, oh, and then is like, ah, you got me, and then turns back into their, like, shapeshifter form, and she kills him, and then she's like, oh, I can't remember exactly, but she's like, I lied, because, like, he doesn't actually call her that, he (laughs) does call her lieutenant, but she was like, this was her way of, like, seeing if it was a shapeshifter, because the colonel would know that she was lying, but she's like, the shapeshifter will probably believe that he calls me Riza when we're alone. It'd be hilarious if it was the colonel, because he'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He'd be like, I've never done that. Yeah, it's very good. It's a very, like, iconic moment. And, like, that, that, like, scene goes around a lot. And they're just, they're very good. They're very much that, like, co-workers, but they definitely like each other, but they, like, wouldn't admit it. (laughs) Like, it's very well done. Very good. And then there's another one that you kind of could guess from this episode. Is it, like, male-female? Yes. Because I can only think of one other woman that's in this episode. Uh, okay, wait, I can think of two. That'd be a weird ship. <laughs> Random shot in the dark that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Lust and Armstrong. <laughs> no, but that would be very good. <laughs> Is it lust at all? No, it's not. The only other woman in this episode is Hughes's wife. Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> she's not in the episode even. She's just in the opening and ending credits. So okay, she's kind of that's it. cheating. I did <laughs> not pay attention. You could really to that. get it. <laughs> and it's uh, some girlfriend, I assume. Yeah, there's a character named Winry who's also very good character. She's not in this episode. I think she's probably in the second episode. She's in the opening sequence, but yeah, uh, she and Ed are a couple, and they're very cute. (laughs) I'm glad they're cute. Yes. And then the other ship I was thinking of, there's a few other ships in this that are good, but there's there's two, um, like, Chimera dudes that you meet way later in the thing who are like a, one of them is like, turns into a gorilla guy, and one of them I think turns into like a dog or something, and they're cute. They're, they're, they can, they can date. I think they're cute. <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad they can date. But you wouldn't have met them in this episode at all. And then there's also Guess the Canon Gaze, which 
There's technically an answer to this, but you would not be able to get it from this episode. Okay. Is it, like, not even someone I've met? Yeah, it's not even characters. Okay, then just tell me. Yeah, there's one character you meet later who is, he's like a guy who makes auto mail. He's not a very important character. He's like another character's teacher. And he's like, I don't remember if he like is specified to be gay or it's implied, but he's very much kind of like a gay stereotype. It's mm-hmm. kind of like, eh, not great. He's fine. Like, he's whatever. He's just like a guy who's not that important of a character, but he's very like stereotypy. And then there's a character named um, Envy, who's one of the sins, who is, I think... At least in English is always referred to with male pronouns. I know in Japanese pronouns are a bit different, but like is implied slash stated to be just kind of gender fluid, but they're also a shapeshifter. So it's sort of like gender fluid shapeshifter thing. But it's not like a huge plot point. That's kind of the closest thing. There's not really, yeah. there's not really any like queer rep in this, but it's fine. It's a good story. So we forgive. <laughs> it, it's a good story. And it's our first anime that isn't a gay sports anime. So... Yeah. <laughs> You know, this is also, like, from the early 2000s. It's older. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's Fullmetal Alchemist. That's Fullmetal Alchemist with the weirdest pilot in the world. I promise that is, it's actually a really good story. <laughs> I believe it's a good story. I have questions yeah. about it being a good show. I would have to watch more of it. <laughs> like, I have seen bits of it, but now I'm, like, questioning. I'm, like... It must. It must get better. It just has to. Well, <laughs> this didn't go where I expected it to, but... Yeah. Good times. Good times. Yeah. What are we watching next? We are going to watch Faking It. Okay. Which is utter pure trash. <laughs> and I love it to death. Okay. But it is objectively terrible. All right. But I adore it. <laughs> I'm excited. So yes, that's what that's what we're watching. Thank you guys for listening mm-hmm. to this episode of Episode Epiphanies. You can email us at epiphanies at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at epiphaniespod and tweet us with the hashtag epiphaniespod. <laughs> Tell a friend to listen to our show if you yeah. want them to. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You know. I also wanted to shout out some of our friends started a podcast called Sour Thoughts, where they review beers and also write poems. Yes. About beer. <laughs> it's very fun. It's very good. Uh, you can find it if you just go to any podcast listening place and search for Sour Thoughts. We might do a drunk crossover episode at some point. That would be very good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I forget how we end this which you probably don't because you are smarter than both of us combined it's true bye bye